makulila misozi Nikayanga na banja latu Kupadwa tinabatwa mushe Kwa malelo lipazulika Nikale tinangalapo okonwela Lelo eka titikumbukila kweta chokela Amai kubutika mutima Kuma zoti tazisoa Ni maona misozi masomwake Ni mafuto wabale ni mafuto Good morning from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. It is Saturday, uh, 15th, February 15th. We do thank you for joining us from wherever you are listening to us from. It's uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the East Coast. It's, uh, I believe, uh, afternoon, good afternoon, Europe, and good afternoon, Zambia. It's 1,700 hours in Lusaka, Zambia, and all the surrounding Central African countries up there. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We have a special show today, and we are very, very privileged and honored. Uh, For the first time, 11 years history of Zambia Block Talk Radio, we are talking to somebody from China. And we hope this conversation can carry on to the end of the discussion. Our guest this morning, uh, for those of you who are joining us, if it's afternoon for you, is the, uh, Andrew Silungwe. is a student in Shenyang, the city of Shenyang. He, shall, he will tell us more details about this. The purpose of having Andrew is that Andrew shared a video online, social media, which went viral. He was just expressing concern and trying to share with the world at large, the Zambian community especially, so that we get to know and understand the state of the Zambian student and community in China in view of the coronavirus. All of us know it. doesn't matter which part of the world you're living in. Let me mention something here before we begin our conversation with Andrew that we did write a formal invitation to the Zambian embassy in Beijing so that we have a balanced, so I'll use the word balanced. We have a balanced conversation. They give us some information and respond to some of these things from their point of view, but they declined, okay? So that's the situation. All right, let's get started here. Uh, Andrew, good evening, and welcome to Zambia Talk Radio. Good evening, Nathan. Thank you for having me on the show. Excellent. Uh, Andrew, which city are you in? Uh, Just for the sake of informing our listeners, tell us the city in which you are and what the population of that city is. Currently, I'm in Liaoning province here in China, which is uh, in the northern hemisphere of uh, China. And uh, I'm in the city of Shenyang, 
yeah, in Yangon province, and the population here is 8.3 million. It's 8.3 million in the city itself. In the city itself, yes, Cheyang. Okay, Cheyang. All right. Okay. When the lockdown uh, was announced, how was it communicated to you? And uh, also mention to inform our listening audience, how many days have you been on lockdown? Okay, so the lockdown, I'll start with how, how long it's been, because mm. I think that's like the most important thing that everyone's been counting at the moment. So we've been on lockdown for three weeks now and a couple of days. Three what? So, oh, three weeks. And three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when the lockdown was initially initiated in our city, they mentioned it as if it was going to be like three days. Or okay. Three yeah. So they told us no. Uh, you have to. We have to lock you in and quarantine everyone and make sure that everyone is safe. Mm-hmm. We'll let you know when we'll, we'll let you know when you're free to run the streets or okay. know about your daily life. Yeah. So everyone was calm and they said, okay, we have to comply because everyone wants to help um, contain the situation of the coronavirus. Yeah. So after the three days, another notif- notification was sent to our phone saying we let we cannot ban the lockdown. It's still ongoing until the Chinese government. So the first mention of the Chinese government issuing the lockdown was mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. So, so the initial lockdown, the, the initial communication you received, where did it come from? It came from the school authorities. Okay. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was before we even saw it on the news, uh, them announcing that there's a lockdown in China and so on and so forth. At that time, Wuhan had already been on lockdown, but then other cities, were, people were still moving about and going about their daily lives. Okay. So, yeah. So the lockdown was actually going like from city to city. Is that what you are saying? Depending on the assessment the government made. Yes, exactly. Depending All right. On the assessment, the cases that were found in the city. Okay. So, Andrew, what you are telling us right now is that the city of 8 million people is on complete lockdown. Is that right? Yes. Uh, initially, what they've done is they've allowed some businesses to continue running so that the people of the city can still have food supply mm-hmm. and certain uh, necessities like med- uh, medicine and um, beverages. So. Mm-hmm. But then what they are not allowing is for people to gather. So what's happening is all these places are open, and then each household is given a um, special card mm-hmm. of which the Chinese government has stamped on, giving permission to whoever is holding the card in that family uh, to be allowed to roam the streets and uh, purchase things or items. Okay. And so if, if, you, if you're found without... If you're found outside without that card, yes, you, you are going to get arrested. Oh, wow. they'll, they'll quarantine you. That's what they're saying. They'll quarantine you. But then, in actual sense, they're arresting you. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. 
Okay, I think the scenario, the picture of the, the lockdown and the scenario is, is clear. Uh, by the way, everybody listening, Andrew is a student, he's not speaking in any capacity, he's just speaking as a, as a, as a resident of China, a student in China, and he's just sharing information, concerned about the situation and the state of the, specifically the Zambian community in China. Uh, Andrew, I've heard two statistics. 2,200 uh, to, uh, to do with the Zambian, uh, the number of Zambians in China. How many Zambian students are in China or how many Zambians are in China? Do we know that information? So what we have is the rough estimate. Okay. So which, goes to show that, which goes to show that there's a bit of mismanagement because these numbers are supposed to be known the moment someone enters China or the moment someone is given uh, a visa at the embassy in Zambia. But then what they're telling us is we have about 4,000 students in total, between 4,000 and 5,000. And then students? the 200 yes, students mm. in China. Okay. And the 200 you're he hearing about is in Wuhan alone. Okay. Okay, so what, what's so special about this Wuhan? I, how do you say it? Can you spell it so that I, I pronounce it properly? <laughs> <laughs> so Wuhan is spelled W-U, mm -hmm. so an umbrella, and then H-A-N. Okay, Wuhan. Okay, yeah. So the, in, in Wuhan itself, we are 200 students. What is the significance of Wuhan? Wuhan is in the middle of Beijing and Guangzhou. Mm -hmm. So it happens to be one of the places where most of the industries here in China are set up. So to do with uh, production, mass production. So yeah. most of the cities around Wuhan are supplied by Wuhan. When it comes to industries, uh, when it comes to uh, production, uh, mm -hmm. high production. Okay, okay. So when this, let's go back to our, whatever, those of you that have called in, if you wish to ask Andrew a question, just press one on your, on your keypad phone, uh, whatever we call it on these phones of ours, so that I know that you want to say something to Andrew. Uh, so when this has been happening, um, what has been the communication from the embassy in Beijing? Have you had any formal communication from the embassy? Uh, I'll start with two days ago. Okay. Uh, I'll just get, uh, I'll just update so that uh, we know exactly how far they've gone. So yeah. yesterday they told us, they called me actually personally. They said our masks have arrived and then they'll be sending the masks down here at my school and I'm the one to receive them. So the whole uh, essence of providing masks is to keep us safe from touching our faces and so on. Okay. And that was that was not one of the major requests from the students, but then that's what the government has done so far. So the students, again, I'm backdating. The students um, sent out requests because the embassy had sent out a document asking students to list down what they need in each province. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, most of the students were all stating that they they were running out of food. Okay. And in some cases, it wasn't a situation where, like, parents couldn't send them money. It was a situation where the students couldn't access the money because parents would send maybe they would have sent money via Western Union, but then mm. you're not allowed to leave your hostel. So you can't go to Western Union and collect your money. In other cases, parents would deposit money in their cards or bank bank accounts, but then students are not able to access banks. Oh, okay. So that's where the problem comes in, and most of them were saying, can the government assist? Mm-hmm. So in that light, students, after students made that request, and the government said, we're providing masks. Uh, the Association of Students here in China and some other students that felt, okay, the embassy might not be able to help us with funds. Let's try and raise funds for the other students in the other cities via WeChat. So they created a uh, QR code to scan, and mm-hmm. then everyone has been scanning and donating what they can. Those that have access to banks um, up to now are able now to scan and then share what they can amongst the uh, QR code where the fundraising is going, still ongoing. Mm. And after they fundraise, they obviously send the money out to the cities where students need it the most. Because through WeChat, they can pay for goods, and if the school administration like mine is able mm-hmm. to provide the food, when they can send a list of food they want to buy, and then they are allowed to scan the QR code and pay for the food. So that way, we at least amongst the students, we've created uh, this initiative to fundraise for the other students as well. Okay. So but apart from the mask, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Apart from the mask, uh, the only thing that has been issued is statements that government is working on a plan. The embassy is still working on a plan, and they're still discussing. So for the past two weeks, they're discussing. Okay. You, you mentioned where, uh, when you receive a mask to avoid touching your face. Uh, can you explain that? What's the significance of that, not touching your face? Uh, because one of the uh, ways of contracting the virus is um, not necessarily being next to someone who has the virus, but then okay. if someone touched their, their uh, face and was coughing and then they touched an object, let's say in the kitchen, and mm-hmm. they went in the kitchen to cook or do something, and they touch the same object. Now I've carried on the virus, and it's on my hands. And then maybe I want to wipe my face or something. The moment I wipe my face, I'm bound to contract the virus. Okay, that makes sense. Because I just wanted us to understand, for you to clarify that aspect of a mask and not being able to, to touch a mask. Andrew, do we have information about any Zambian student or a Zambian who lives there who has been infected with the virus? No, at the moment, all the Zambian students uh, are reporting to be okay and free of the coronavirus. Okay, we thank God for that. When you and I were talking during the week, you told me something about, uh, you made a comment and you said, the embassy has now received the masks. So where did the masks come from? So according to what we are being told, because all, all this is hearsay. Uh, according to what we've been told, the masks came in from Zambia. 
because okay. they were donated by a company in Zambia. Mm-hmm. So the masks came from Zambia and sent to the Zambian embassy in Beijing. In Beijing, yeah. To be distributed to the Zambians in China. Exactly. Okay. All over China. All right. So when did these masks come into the country? Because the lockdown you just told us has been on for three weeks and two days. Is that right? When did the masks arrive? Yeah, so I I received verification of I, I actually saw a picture of the masks with one of the students here in China mm-hmm. on Monday. This Monday, this past Monday, sorry. And it was posted in our groups, and she said she claimed to have received the masks from the embassy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. In this situation, so in when that video you posted, uh, Andrew, which you shared, uh, there are two, three people who are. Oh, we want to get to the bottom of this thing and see how people outside of China or any private citizens for that matter can get involved. I mean, my our Zambia Blog Talk Radio Global Family, we, 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 we jump into things and we coordinate, spearhead, mobilize, whatever we need to do. So tell us, what I'm trying to get to here, Andrew, is that in that video clip you have done, two or three of your friends have expressed a poor relationship between you guys and the embassy in Beijing. I don't know what comment you want to make on that. Yes. Uh, so, in light of the situation and past experiences among students, mm-hmm. there's been very, very poor response from uh, our embassy here. I'm talking from, I may be talking from the perspective where Maybe I do not know their schedules and I do not know what they have to do at the embassy. But then I do believe that um, provisions have to be made in such situations of an emergency where responses need to be quick and adequate. Mm. Not only the Zambian embassy in Beijing needs to be responding to our messages that have been sent in a group that has been specifically made for student leaders, and oh. the embassy, the leaders at the embassy. We have, at times we have to wait for them to respond to a message from like five five hours would be like a minimum. Okay. They might be in a meeting or they might be busy, but then sometimes we have to wait a whole day or two days for them to respond. Within this prevailing emergency situation, Okay, so you said something to me when we were talking during the week. The, 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 the issue is the new video that you have shared with the world, if I may use that word. Uh, there's a post, it's, it's possible some people may die from hunger instead of the virus. How do you get your daily necessities? Okay, so each, each student is on his or her own. Is that right? student is basically just spending on their own and if they do not have the money or the capacity to buy the food and no one is willing to help them amongst the other students no one's going to give them food 
So everything, um, the procedure for us buying the food is we send out a list, a shopping list, mm-hmm. four days before before they can uh, supply us the food. If you miss sending that shopping list, you have to wait another four days. So four days plus four, that mm. eight days. So because the reason for that is the number of students in, and I'm speaking on behalf of my university. That's what's going on. Okay. I'm sure it's the uh, same in some other universities, but then it might be different in other universities. So the reason for this is because when we send our list, the, most of the students are still learning Chinese, and these lists are still in English, so they need to be translated to Chinese and then sent out to the shops or the stores that are supplying us with the food. Okay. And because of the supply chain and the duration for them to sort the food, because each student is each student supplies are sorted in a specific bag to avoid contamination or uh, confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we wait for that four days and then the food is delivered and we pay upon delivery. Okay, okay. So you, you, you also shared something with me to say that process of ordering and what you have just explained to us takes how many days between when you order the food and when it's actually delivered to your doorstep, right? Yeah. As I said, yeah, it takes four days. So if you run out of food and you have to wait for the four days, you'll be forced not to eat anything in four days or two or three days, depending on when you run out of supplies. Depending on when you run out of supplies, you have to wait. And there's been students that have waited for um, two days, and I was contacted personally to assist them with some food. And that's how come I know that students are lacking food at times. And mm-hmm. it's not cases where maybe they didn't send out a food list or something. Okay. Uh, in such moments, it's very difficult for one to come out and say, okay, at the moment, I'm still waiting for my parents to send me money. And, uh, okay, they sent me money, but then I have to go to the bank. Such situations. It's very difficult for someone to just come out. But you have to be understanding and know that, okay, anything can happen during these times, and we just need to assist one another. And then also the cost of food. is mm-hmm. not the, same. That's one. the cost of food is not the same. Because of the emergency situation, the food price has become it's become expensive, right? Yeah, not all food. Some mm-hmm. food have gone. The prices have gone up. What type of food? What type of food has the price gone up? Uh, when it comes to fruits and meats, uh, the prices are a bit are slightly more than meat supposed to. Fruit and meat. Okay. Mm. Yeah, okay. That could also be because of the store where they're getting the supplies from. Because students sort out other stores where they can buy the food for a cheaper price. But then at the moment, that store might be closed. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. And how many students, how many Zambian students are you, are with you at the same uni- at the same university or college you are? Okay. So at the moment we have about. 16 Zambian students in my university. 16 Zambian students, okay. Mm. 
So in this situation, you can't even you can't get out of your room or visit each other. No, nothing. Um, because I'm helping the administration, I'm allowed to move about. Okay, so you. Yeah. You, you have that card from the Chinese government to move around, right? No, 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 not the card. Hmm. I have, uh, I've been given permission to leave my dorm, go to the other dorm, go to the school office, and come back to my room, not leave the school premises. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. You are listening to Zambia Block Talk Radio. We are talking to Andrew Silungwe, a Zambian student at Shenyang Institute of Engineering in China. We are discussing the condition and the state of the Zambian community of students there. Uh, Andrew did mention to me that uh, the Chinese government does not allow uh, people, they do not want people to be discussing this uh, issue, Roger. And uh, it's, it's interesting that uh, even if we have called Andrew, uh, Matilda, they are still charging Andrew for receiving a call from outside China. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, this world, I tell you. <laughs> so that's where things are, Dr. Patrick, and uh, everybody listening. If you wish to ask Andrew a question, you want to make a comment, Please press one on your phone so that I know that you want to say something. So that's where things are. Um, before my colleague from Canada comes in, Andrew, um, some countries have evacuated their, their people, their citizens, their students. I want you, if you are able to confirm this, please confirm for me. If you are not, just let it pass. I understand the Congo. Congo DR evacuated its people or its students? Yeah. According to the information that was given, Congo DRC evacuated their students. Okay. So uh, do you know how it happened? Did they converge at one place or how did they do it? Yeah. So what happens is in all these evacuations, uh, em our embassy, mm -hmm. the government of a particular country has to contact the Chinese government officials and then they give them permission and they give them a bus and a route to follow. Okay. So you can't just jump in and say, okay, today we're evacuating our students and you just go there, you evacuate them without notifying anyone. The city, mm. the city is literally under lockdown. Airports are only receiving medical personnel and military personnel. That's all. Mm. Mm -hmm. So for a plane to fly out of Wuhan or fly into Wuhan, the government needs to be notified. That's how serious it is. Okay. That's understandable. So the, 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 the Congo DR, the plan they sent to evacuate their students or their people, citizens, whichever term one wants to use, it went into Wuhan, right? Is that the central place? Yes, that's the central place. Okay. All right. So, Roger, there you have it. Um, yeah, yeah, very uh, interesting. Andrew, this is Roger in uh, Canada here. Um, are you in touch with uh, the guys in uh, Yuhan? Yes, I'm con there's uh, two, three individuals that I'm constantly talking to. I talk to them three times a day. Uh, there's one okay. lady and there's two ladies, sorry. 
and there's one gentleman. Yeah. Uh, and in all, do you know the number of students uh, who, who are in uh, Yuhan, the Zambia? Yes, yeah, two two hundred students, two hundred Zambian students. Oh. Uh, and what are they most... saying um, as far as they are feeding and uh, and everything, as expressed in your in your video? Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, Given so to us like they, they don't have any food. Uh, go ahead. So the most concerning thing right now in Wuhan is they might some of the they are, all these two hundred students are not in one university. Okay. You need to keep that in mind. So mm -hmm. there's some university universities that are constantly supplying them with food. And then there's other universities where the students have to buy the food. Uh and some universities do have Kiosk just downstairs in the dormitory. Okay. But then the fear is where is the food coming from? Has it been touched by someone who's infected? And what's the risk of me getting infected if I go downstairs? That's it. That's one thing that actually scaring the students the most. And when it comes to food supply, uh, they have to buy whatever is there. They're not right now. They can't buy. The things they need, they have to buy what's available. And uh, so, so far, what is your um, your main? I, I don't know what, what, if this is the right term. Your main demand from the Zambian government. What are you asking the Zambian government or uh, the Zambian communities uh, to do for you guys there? So, yeah. So at the moment, what way past asking anything from our embassy and demanding anything from our embassy because we sent them out a list of things that were required before the lockdown became this serious. So one of the like the major demands across China amongst all students was to evacuate the students in Wuhan. And that didn't happen when it was feasible. Right now it's the city is under tight, tight lockdown. For an evacuation to take place, there's a lot of things involved, more than there was before the other countries were evacuating their students. So under that light, the only thing that could be required at the moment is we're currently carrying out a fundraising campaign where we're fundraising money for students who are in areas where they cannot access banks and uh, Western Union uh, enterprises or stores. So that's the on, ongoing procedure that we're doing right now. We're way past asking for masks or gloves because we're all in lockdown. The only reason you'd want to use a mask or gloves is if you're going to the bathroom or the kitchen. Mm. Of which the masks are being provided in some universities, so for the government to come and give us masks, in some situations, yes, it's very helpful, but then in the situation of my school, where we have masks from the school, and we're not allowed to go outside to meet other students, it's, I'm sitting in my room the whole day. Why am hmm. I going to wear a mask in my room when it's just me alone? Will I eat a mask? That's the question. When the food, when it's time to buy food, will I buy food with a mask? With a mask, when I'm not even allowed to go to the store to get food, this is one of the concerning things. And 
students have been crying over this. Well, Andrew, we've got the information there, yeah. Yeah, we have information here that uh, at, uh, before we conclude the show, we'll, we'll come up with a plan of action. This is a place where we act. We don't just uh, talk or, or do stuff. Um, Andrew, how many students, Zambian students, have left the country? Do you know how many Zambian students have gone back to Zambia? That a very tricky question because almost every single day, as of last week, students are in China. So what happened is the Chinese government, after the two weeks, that was called the quarantine uh, period, mm. uh, we were told uh, those that can afford tickets, in, now in all the other cities around Wuhan and in China, we were told uh, you're free to go home. And then we were asked, to, for those that are traveling out of China, we were asked to sign a form, uh, which takes, uh, I'm going to take precaution, and I'll make sure I do not, like, I keep my, my hands to myself, in short, and I do not spread the virus as I travel. And I will notify my government and my uh, teachers if I get infected while I'm away in my country. Okay. And I will return the time when this whole situation um, is over. So mm. most students started leaving last week, and there's still students leaving almost every single day. Zambia. Uh, yeah, Zambian students, those that are able to afford the ticket, because at the moment the ticket is not cheap. Um, of course, because of the prevailing situation. Uh, do you know, I don't know if you are able to give this breakdown, Andrew, uh, Zambia uh, students who are government-sponsored and those who are privately sponsored? No, I'm not able to give that uh, statistic. But then usually most of the students that are sponsored are based in Beijing. Oh, okay. Those who are government-sponsored are based in Beijing? Usually, yes. Okay, okay. And very few, very few are based in other cities. Mm. Okay. Interesting. So there is still need for help. So there is still need for, for people who want to help. Is that right? Yes, there is still need for that. Because uh, as we're speaking right now, uh, this conversation is still ongoing, <laughs> even in the Zambian group, amongst the students that are still here in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... At this point, um, the last message that was sent in the group for the Association of Zambia and the Embassy, <laughs> I can't even remember the last, I think a day or so ago. What was the message? Most of the students have stopped texting in that group. Uh, I'm just scrolling to go down to where it is. Okay, so the last message that was sent was just an update on uh, how much has been raised so far. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 754.99 yuan. So That's Chinese. That, so what is that uh, when you say has been raised? That's for, for what? To help with the students? 
to help uh, students in other cities, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if somebody right now, um, somebody who's listening right now, right, if you're in Pennsylvania, uh, in California, uh, Noah in, in what, in Indiana, somebody listening in Canada, the U.S., Australia, they would like to help. What should we do? You see, uh, Nathan, sorry to you. You see, the problem is when it comes to donations, Yes. I personally, as a student, I feel it's not right for me to collect donations. These donations that are going to help the students of Zambia should go through, should come, if they're coming to China, they should go through the Zambian embassy so that okay. they are well distributed. Even for us to do this contribution, this contribution uh, initiative should have uh, started with the Zambian embassy. If the government was unable to provide funds, the Zambian embassy would have said, okay, we're creating this QR code for fundraising. But that wasn't done by them. And I feel like it's very difficult because if money is sent to a student, now the student has to start contacting everyone else and then start forming a budget and so on and so forth. Some students are more than capable of doing that, but then it should be the work of the embassy to delegate students in each city who are going to receive if there's such a donation made. Mm. That's the thing. So it's very difficult for, for me to say, okay, yeah, donation can Donations can be uh, channeled through this way and that way because, one, there's a lot of skepticism as to if we send the money to a student, will that student uh, actually fulfill uh, sharing the money amongst the different provinces? Of course. Makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, ladies and gentlemen, everybody listening, uh, those who've called listening online, we thank the people in Zambia. Uh, I received a lot, a lot of people in Zambia reached out to me. Though. They are listening to this, Andrew, for your information. So we did, I did write, Andrew did give me information for the embassy, the people took, I wrote a formal invitation to the embassy to be part of this discussion so that we have a, I'm using the way the balanced uh, interaction or conversation. Our purpose is not to undermine, beat down, or whatever. No, far from it. Um, what, so it makes sense what you say. And at this stage, if we had an embassy official here, Roger, <laughs> Dr. Patrick, they would have given guidelines or guidance how to go about with people who want to help. Because like Andrew says in his video, it will be sad for somebody to die from starvation than from the coronavirus. I mean, that's the, the situation. Andrew, um, are you in touch with any of your colleagues who left China and went back home? And when they reach home, what is the situation or circumstances on the ground when they reach Zambia? Is, have you, have, are you in touch with anybody who has gone home? Uh, the last person I spoke to that went home uh, was uh, actually the ASIS president. Uh, he sent a picture of himself and confirmation that he had arrived safely in the country. Okay. And yeah, he was on his way to Mufurina, meaning he wasn't in quarantine or anything. He's gone home and 
uh, is with his family. And then just like two, three days prior to that, three days uh, prior to that, one of the girls in my university mm-hmm. traveled to Zambia. She lives outside. She doesn't live in a school dormitory, so she was able to travel to Zambia. And, yeah, she she didn't go through any quarantine. The, the only thing that was done was a scan at the airport. Okay. That's it. Okay. So when they arrived, they, of course, they had to say that they are coming from China, right? Their visa says that. And okay, okay. That the airport already knows they are coming from China. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. That, that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting and concerning at the same time. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm trying to avoid it to be, I don't want to be labeled an alarmist here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> I, I do understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very. Nathan, sorry to cut you short. No, no, go ahead. This is like this is the thing that made me burst in the video that I posted. Okay. It's not easy for one to just get up on a camera and start expressing themselves like that. I burst because we as Zambian youths and individuals and people, we are too reluctant. We watch when something is going wrong and we don't say anything. And then when something tragic happens, then we want to talk. Then we want to call the army. Then we want to do something about it. Then we want to lock people up. That's the country we're living in today. Should it it be that way? No. Should someone get to a point where they're emotional and they're screaming and they're shouting for them to be heard or crying that someone is dead for them to be heard? You are all listening to this. Andrew is expressing himself here, Dr. Patrick, and everybody. Um, okay, let me do this uh, to make it easier. Uh, <laughs> uh, the purpose is to bring attention to the situation prevailing, okay? Somebody arrives in Zambia. They are checked at the airport. I, I think that's what he's saying. And... Uh, I'm opening the microphones here because I want you to talk. I want you to comment. I want you to say something here. Um, whoever wants. I don't know if you the videos that are going on that have been shown on ZNBC and other broadcasting networks. When someone arrives at the airport, they're using the same pen to sign and write if they've been to Wuhan or where they're coming from. And that pen is given back to the lady, and then another person comes in and she gives it back to the passenger that just came out of the same plane with another passenger. And those passengers are not even having gloves. That's how ridiculous it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, Andrew. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Andrew, thank you for being taking time to be on the show. I know the challenges that you are having out there in, in China, so I applaud you for, I mean, just stepping up and just being the mouthpiece for the people out there. So considering what you have mentioned, uh, the challenges, and also Zambia Block Talk Radio reaching out to the embassy and the embassy not uh, willing to be part of this program, what are the other alternatives in terms of uh, uh, helping you guys out there. What are the, what's the next uh, option since the embassy may not be part of the process? Yeah. So we've 
we right now we're using because we're still in a group with uh, the president and the vice president of the student association. Mm-hmm. So for one to help who's outside, I would say we create a group, uh, maybe WhatsApp or something, and then from there we can add the student president and the treasury uh, board and the administration of the school student board in China. Then from there they can discuss in a transparent way where uh, there's a few individuals amongst students in, the, in China, not because we don't trust each other, but then it just needs to be transparent. If anyone wants to make any donations, at the moment the only thing that can help is maybe purchasing of food for students that are unable to purchase food. And I'm saying this not because I'm unable to. I'm able to purchase food, but then I'm speaking on behalf of those that are unable to. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Nathan, this is Matilda. Could I ask a question? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello, Andrew. This is Matilda. Thank you so much for uh, speaking up and speaking out. You ha- it's a brave thing. A lot of people don't have that courage to do what you have done. I just want to applaud you for that. Um, when you talk about yeah. buying food, some of the videos that we have seen are show have shown that some places food has been taken off the shelf or it's um, calamity trying to buy it. People are pushing and shoving and so on and so forth. But then some other videos also indicate yeah. that this uh, virus them from food, uh, some of like um, proper not you know animals that may have had this virus, and then they're being sold for food. How hard is it to purchase food or find food when you have arranged yourself and you're able to uh, transfer money to one another in the the creative way that you have just described? Yeah. But how easy is it to purchase food that is safe? Yeah, so what's happening is because of the situation at hand, uh, for students, we're not allowed to purchase food on our own. The school administration is the one that is purchasing food and responsible to make sure and ensure that the food is not contaminated or anything of that sort. So it's, it's, in, my, in my school, it takes four days. We have to send a shopping list. I don't know if you missed that. But then we talked about it in the beginning. We send a shopping list four days before delivery. And then that list is delivered, and then we pay upon delivery. Okay, great. I think I may have missed that. Then also you mentioned that you're, um, you're supposed to stay in your dorm. Are you, uh, is it a lockdown yeah. for you just to be in your dormitory, like in your room, or can you interact with other students? in um, that building or, or, or where your uh, dorms are? Yeah, so again, depending on uh, the school authorities, in my university, we're not allowed to go into other people's dorms and mingle or uh, chat. We can see each other for two seconds or two minutes, but that's it. Not more than a very long period of time because they, they're trying to cut on risking of anyone uh, contracting the virus at any cost. Mm. Mm. Lastly, there's a video that is circulating where 
Okay, very quickly. There's a video that I had seen that's speculating where I, I'm not sure if you're able to confirm this, where they're showing people who have the virus have been executed, like they're being taken out and being shot. Is that is there any truth to that, or is just somebody trying to scare us? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that, that's a dangerous question, Matilda. That's okay. Yeah, because you remember what I said at the beginning of the show. Yeah, because remember what I said at the beginning of the show. He's not even supposed to discuss this subject according to the Chinese government rules. He's not supposed to. Uh, we're not even sure if the call was even going to go through or anything like that because, you know, people, you know the way things are done in China. And... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Let me clarify. Let me clarify one So right now, the Chinese government is doing whatever it takes to stop the spread of the virus. Uh-huh. And amongst the videos you've seen, what you've seen is like. That's all I'll tell you. And then amongst the individuals that feel like, okay, I may have the virus. I don't know if you've seen any videos circulating of mm. people that are actually in, like contaminating um, elevators, public uh, facilities. Yes. Someone would would, uh, would wipe on their face or blow on something and they would smear it on the elevator and it's 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 really bad. And now it comes to question to is what the government the Chinese government doing bad or good? It, it, it now comes down to that because if they find you not wearing a mask, it mm-hmm. simply means they're out there saying, even if I get the virus or even if I contaminate because I know I have the virus, I don't care. Wow. So, mm, it's it's very difficult. Yeah, it is. Andrew, thank you for taking the time. I'm actually surprised. The, um, I'm actually surprised that the line hasn't been interrupted, but uh, we are thankful to God that we've managed to speak thus far without any interruptions. And interestingly enough, everybody listening, like I said, <laughs> we have called Andrew, but his, his cell phone company is still charging him. It's fine. Send me the bill, we'll take care of it. Uh, any final word or any message you want to convey to anybody out there? Yeah, so as of two days ago, in my uh-huh. city, we've currently had a constant uh, in reports. Like, we've not received any new cases, and in other cities as well. But in Wuhan, the cases keep increasing, if you are staying up to date with the news. So I'll just ask everyone listening, and I believe that if Zambians are listening, you are probably a Christian. And Zambian is a Christian nation, so at the moment... Even if you're not able to assist with money, um, mm. just keep praying that we, we as a nation, uh, come to a collective mess. Like, for lack of a better term, we need to get back to our old roots as Zambians, where the togetherness is there and understanding the needs of one another comes back to a nation. It's not, it's not a matter of politics or a matter of I'm um, older than you. Uh, you. You do what I say, 
And you can't say this because I'm older than you and whatever I do is right. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of people taking care of each other so that the nation progresses and develops. Mm, excellent. Andrew, thank you. Uh, it's almost midnight for you over there. Uh, you just broke a record. You are the first person we are talking to from China in the history of Zambia Block Talk Radio. That was Andrew Slung, everybody, a student based in China, sharing with us the situation there. Have a good night, Andrew. Thank you very much for having me on your show. We shall be getting in touch. Send me that phone bill, whatever they send to you. Okay. All right. Good night. All right, everybody, that was uh, Andrew Simungwe in China uh, sharing his thoughts on, on this uh, the situation concerning specifically the Zambian uh, students out there studying and what is prevailing and everything. Uh, before we conclude, we have about uh, four minutes here. I, I want to hear some um, comments from some of you. For some reason, everybody, you've been too quiet. You're not speaking. Um, most of you will have seen on social media or Facebook or whichever media you are very frequent or on, uh, but concerning the death of our brother, colleague, and friend, Daniel Nsomekela. He used to be a resident of Dallas. He went and died in Lusaka. The burial will be on Monday. So we've been trying to help the family with the funeral expenses. If you wish to help uh, the final contributions will be remitted to the family on tomorrow. So if you wish to help with the funeral expenses for Daniel and Somakela, you can send your cash up contribution to 214-493-0752. Cash up or zero, 214-493-0752. Or just contact, don't send it to me, don't send it to me. Send it to 214-493-0752, cash up or zero. Uh, Dr. Patrick, no, well. Who else is it? Patrick Sewe. Before we switch over to, to open forum here with Roger, uh, your comments on what Andrew has said. I'll, I'll reach out to the Zimian Embassy and see how we can we can get involved in this as a community. I, you see, that's why I invited them to come to the show so that, uh, you know, instead of us going back and forth on the email, we can just have a conversation here. They tell us what to do and uh, what direction to take. Any comment? Noah, Noel, Dr. Patrick? <clears throat> I think the Zambian embassy across, I think whether it's working to, with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Zambia, they really have to step it up. But I think the reputation that the Zambian missions across, I think it's not something that uh, is in a positive, uh, I mean, capacity, I think, with a lot of people. Because I think when uh-huh. I listen to the watched a video for this, I mean, Andrew, mm-hmm. a lot of people couldn't even come to, I mean, they had to disguise themselves, the voice and also the, the face. So I think the yeah, embassy so. needs to step it up because uh, I think as an embassy, if Congo can be in a position to evacuate its people, 
I think a, 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 war, a war torn country, no, no, a war torn country. Yeah, yeah. So called. Yeah, uh-huh. I think. We, yeah, I think as a, as a, I mean, as a country, I think that our country really needs to do something because I think the reputation they have is not very good. Yeah, that's my comment. Uh, there, there's something that you said which may seemingly be, I don't know whether Ante you want to respond to this or anybody else. There's something that you mentioned which we seemingly, somebody can easily just pass over under one minute here as we conclude. He says when people reach at the airport, they pass the pen from one person to another. Did you did you take note of that, Jay? It's, uh, and you see, the voice that came out of Andrew is like, are you kidding or are you serious? You can't do that in these circumstances. <laughs> Anybody wants to say yeah. something about that? That speaks also on the means of health because they should be in the forefront when it comes to this thing. There have to be some internal protocols in Zambia in conjunction with the airport authorities because, I mean, that shouldn't be happening. So, I mean, I'm internal, I like yeah, the word you're using, internal protocols. protocols. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but anyway, it's Zambia, so that's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you saw that post I made on my Facebook page, uh, World Health mm. Organization identified 13 countries in Africa uh, which are uh, at risk of getting this virus. And Zambia is uh, on that list. Uh, you would think being uh, uh, out of 54 countries, being identified that way will be more aggressive. But here we are, we receive a student from China, we we just screen them like they are coming from Canada also. Uh, have, a, have a nice day, have a nice day. Uh, when yeah, I know, right? uh, most countries, yeah, you know. So uh, that is a very uh, sad set of affairs. It is. Uh, but uh, what, what, the yeah, we, are, we have to, nothing, it's, it's not new anyway. It's true. We appreciate our young man in China for joining us. Uh, next week, we'll be talking to Mr. John Chiti. We'll be sharing some 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 concerns with issues to do with the albino community. Uh, remember to join Noah Noah with the Zanus Radio Show tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. That's our Sunday show. Let's all come back in as we join Roger with Open Forum. <laughs> Mais <laughs> 